turn up your radio, it's time for DeLorean Talk with your host, Dave Tavers. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of DeLorean Talk. Thanks for tuning in as always. Be sure to check out DeLoreanDirectory.com and of course DeLoreanTalk.com depending on how you are subscribing. If you haven't filled out a DeLorean census record yet, or even if you have and you've made changes or moved, go to DeLoreanDirectory.com slash census and submit another record. Uh, records don't get deleted, they just get added onto, so we can see where cars have moved around the country and that's a good way to keep track. Uh, be sure to share on social media anytime you see a DeLorean Directory post and get everybody out there listening. Today's episode, if you didn't already catch the headline, is Ed Raffinetti. I met Ed at the last DCS, uh, DCS 2021, uh, up in Chicago. Ed, thanks for taking the time to join. Thank you for having me, Dave. Thank you. This is uh, I've been excited about this. This is going to be good. <laughs> good. <laughs> we chatted mostly that night in the parking lot at the ice cream place, but there was a lot going on. I loved DCS as always. It was great just getting to meet so many different people, talk to everybody. Good turnout, not as good as years past, but understandable at the moment. You've gone to many DCSs, right? How long have you had your car? Okay, so I bought my car in 2007, and but I had been you know, wanting to go to DCSs for a long time. I started probably observing DCSs through the DML and DMC talk probably at the end of the 90s. Uh, when they were in Cleveland, that was the one that John DeLorean went to, and I was just so awestruck that he attended a show. That was amazing. In fact, I checked the website earlier today. There's only 10 pictures on the website from that show. There was only late 90s. There wasn't a whole lot of ways to share pictures. So I was just trying to get as much information as I could from that show and just the people's stories from that show of John going down and meeting everybody and autographing cars yeah. and just stopping and taking pictures with everybody. It, that's just so exciting. And yeah. I can't believe I missed that. I know. Well, I feel the same way about Ken Consulik's last DCS before he retired from it. And everybody says how amazing that was. And it kills me that I had bought my car the year after and or In the end of that year, 2014 or okay. 2015. Yeah. So, so 2014, I, yeah, that was the Dayton show. That was his last show. And you, so you're saying you bought your car in 2015. Right. Yeah, that 2014 was a good show as well. <laughs> Everybody talks about it. What's the last five-year VIN? 16908. 908. So you've got 16. So, you've got a, a later car. Yeah, it's an 83. Built in August of 82. I think it was originally supposed to be an 82 model. But there's a great posting somewhere online about how they became 83s. It's got a glued-on VIN tag on the dash, and wow. if you pry up the vi the VIN plate, there's actually a different VIN number underneath it. Like what? you can see the outline of it in the glue. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, uh, actually. So I replaced my dash pad, so I got to experience this, and I have some pictures of it on my blog. But yeah, it had a different VIN number at one point. So a lot of the uh, 83s <laughs> did. I, that's amazing. I mean, I know that they got converted, but I have never heard of it, of a, a glued on Vintag. What's your web, what's the web address? Sure. It is uh, www.16908.info. And you're probably saying, why the info? Well, why not.com? Well, when I started the blog or right around the time I purchased the car, .info 
uh, domains were on sale. And I figured, nice. let's go, let's get a bargain domain, and I'll put that money towards the car. Nice. Uh, the, the money that I saved. But uh, anyway, yeah, I've done lots of repairs and articles on the blog over the years, which, uh, yeah, check it out sometime. Yeah, that's great. It's funny. Right away, I'm going, oh, this looks like mine. Mine is dmc10515.com, and I've got a picture of the ballast right now as the most recent post. And you've got relays. Yeah. Actually, you've got license plate renewal, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Right. I haven't added a whole lot to it recently. I keep meaning to touch it up over this past couple months, but I haven't had the chance to yet. That's all of our all of our answer, right? We're always well-intentioned, but never enough time to do all the stuff we want. Right, right. So you bought your car in 2007. Right. So, yeah, I had been wanting the car, obviously, since I was a teenager in the 90s. And then finally, I became financially feasible to buy a car. I always wanted to store it correctly in a garage. I didn't want to store it outside. Yeah. So I saw a posting on the DeLorean mailing list where Ken Konsolik was selling a car that somebody else had backed out of a sale. And it was an 83. It had the mixed interior, which I was a big fan of. I don't know if you've seen those. Uh, just the gray and the black, you mean? The gray and the black, yeah. which I think looks really sharp. Personally, I'm not a fan of the all black. For some reason, I don't like the black seats. I like the gray seats, but I, I wanted all gray interior, and that was the car that I found. But teach his own, so I kind of like the idea of two tone, you know, two tone carpet. Yeah, I, I think you know it looks really good. But then later on, I did replace the carpet, and I went with more of like a dark charcoal color. I'll say it's still a very unique car where wow. it's probably the only color combination like that. So <laughs> yeah. So you wanted it since you were a kid, like a lot of us. Yeah, I wanted it, and I saw that car became available in 2007, and I never even saw the car. It was just delivered. Actually, the day I bought the car was the grand opening of DMC Midwest. Oh, wow. Nice. Ken came up to uh, visit, and I said, well, yeah, bring the car, and if I like it, I'm going to buy it. And, uh, awesome. yeah, the car looked good. Uh, it had been through a little bit of a restoration with Ken, and then I started improving upon it as well. And that's where a lot of the content for my blog comes from. So, and then I started immediately attending DCS shows. I missed the previous show in 2006, which was right nearby. It was in St. Charles at the Pheasant Run Resort, which we'll talk about that later. But, yeah. And then one of my buddies actually won the raffle car at that show. He was in the audience when they picked his uh, wow. ticket. And there's, there's a great video of that, uh, which... We always uh, enjoy that, and he's a little bit maybe embarrassed by that now. But uh, oh, I probably it's, it's freak still out a great too. Story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Winning a DeLorean. Yeah. Where do you live now? Uh, I'm in the Chicago suburbs. Chicago suburbs, and DMC Midwest is in Crystal Lake. That's where the last DCS was. So you've always been nearby that area. Is that when you bought your car in '07? Is that where you were living? Right, and. Especially with DMC Midwest opening, I thought, okay, now I can finally get service close by if I ever need it. <laughs> right. That was a big key. Otherwise, there's still a great local club, which I became a part of, and now I help do some of the tech support in the club. So awesome. Technically, I guess I'm the tech director of the club. But anyway, we have tech days, and I help organize and coordinate some of those. So, What's the name of the club? Uh, we are the DeLorean Midwest Connection. And what's the website? I think it's DeLoreanMidwestConnection.com. Awesome. So you, did you join the club as, as soon as you bought your car? 
yeah, probably as soon as I bought the car, you know, a couple of days later, I filled out the form and you know, <laughs> sent in the payment and everything, uh, and then started pretty much attending every event that I could at that point. Was there a lot of events in that area or just in general, you mean? The club itself had some events. They were uh, doing tech days and they do some social events, uh, year-end events and year-beginning events. I know Ken Consulik used to have tech days at his shop in Cincinnati, and I was ready to drive down to those too. In fact, I had him do some additional work with my car, and he was nice enough to do that. So I traveled back and forth to Cincinnati a couple times. So. Cool. How far is that drive from Chicago suburbs? Oh, uh, it's like a five-hour drive, five or six hours. So, uh, cool. yeah, and I, I think I did it in one day at one point. So drove out early in the morning, did some work, <laughs> drove back late that night. But it's all for the love of the car. Right, exactly. That's a pretty good haul. I've done Christmas parties in LA and driven back to Vegas, you know, there and back in the same day, but that's only three and a half hours, not five to six. So that's pretty good commitment. Yeah. And then let's see, starting with DCS shows, went to DCS 2009 in Vegas, which that was a really great show. I didn't drive to that. We just flew out for that. Yeah. 2010 in Lexington, I did drive to that. That was a lot of fun. I uh, really enjoyed that show. 2011, I did go to Eurofest as well oh, in nice. Northern Ireland. I really, really enjoyed that event. And it was very well organized and never a dull moment. And just so many nice people there. Right when I got my car, there was a Eurofest uh, 2016. And I had just bought the car. I had just quit my job and started a new business. And I was just not prepared to go. I didn't realize how big of a deal it was kills me that I didn't go now because I, I should have. And of course I was going to go to the last, uh, the last Eurofest, but of course it got canceled for this DCS coming up. I talked to a couple of friends that were on the fence and I badgered them. I said, you must go. You're active in the community. You have your car. If you don't go and for whatever reason, let's just, maybe there's no other DCSs, then you're going to wish you had gone. And it's not like it didn't cost 10 grand to go. So, uh, yeah, I think, Everybody out there, if you haven't been, make the time. All these events are fantastic. You get to hang out with other owners, share stories, learn things, and just be part of this great little community of a small number of cars that are left. So so that's awesome that you've gone to all those events. Um, so that was 11 you went and then in uh, to Eurofest. Yeah. And then keep going. What else? And then after that? Uh, let's see. I did not go to DCS. 2012 Florida. That one, it was just too far of a drive, and I think there was a timing problem with that one. But let's see. And then I know I did an event in Indianapolis, Indiana, when we drove around uh, the Indianapolis 500 with my car. Oh. Or you know, there was a bunch of DeLoreans. I forget, wow. I think that was 2013, and I've got video up of that on my uh, YouTube page. So is, is that linked on your web on your blog, personal blog? Because I think I've got it in the blog as well, yes. I don't remember um, hearing about DeLoreans driving on the Indy 500 track. It's there, and I, I think it was more of a local event for just Midwestern owners, and it wasn't maybe highly publicized, but uh, still very fun. <laughs> yeah. I got to say I drove my car around the Indy 500. Yeah. Crazy, so That's awesome, man. Wow. So that was another great event. And then we went to the final DCS or DeLorean Car Show DCS right. uh, in Dayton, which that was the one where Christopher Lloyd attended. Yeah. I got his autograph. I was lucky to get his autograph because it was just pandemonium around that man. <laughs> I 
you know, GCS used to be held on Father's Day. So he gave up, you know, two days, uh, gave, gave them to us, walked around, took pictures with everybody. And, of course, right now, Christopher Lloyd's age is escaping me. I want to say at the time he was about 78, 79. Yeah. But spent two full days with us, which was crazy. So. Nice. That's very cool. So that was the, the last DCS that you'd gone to prior to this one? No. So, I mean, obviously that was Ken's last show, and that's the DeLorean car show. Then Rich and Tony took over somewhere in between 2014 and 2016. It was originally supposed to go to somebody else, but that just you know didn't happen. And Rich and Tony kind of scrambled and put together DCS 2016 in Springfield. Now, you were there for that. Was that right? Yeah, that was my first DCS, okay. and I'm super excited about that. Okay. A lot of guys from L.A. came. And that's when it became DeLorean convention and show, show because there was a little bit of a, we couldn't reuse the same name and it right. had to be tied to a, an yep. entity of some sort. Yeah. So it had to be tied to the Midwest club. I think on the DeLorean talk episode with Ken, we maybe talked about that or maybe that didn't make it into the episode, but yeah, it was just a legal question. Ken didn't want to be right. financially or legally responsible. So it was great that they were able to change it from car show to convention and show and use the right. same initials. And I, I know that there's a lot of questions as to why things changed or why why things are being done a certain way with this era of DCS. And I had some back and forth with Rich through email today about some of the DCS history, which if you get him a chance, try to have him on the show again. I haven't had him yet. Definitely would like to have him. I have sent numerous emails in the past about trying to volunteer with DCS and either got blown off or ignored. Um, so... He's uh, very hands-on, I'll, I'll tell you that, and uh, he's got a great group of people helping him, so don't don't feel that he blew you off oh, in any I, way. Oh, I don't take it personally, uh, not at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, that's I, I started volunteering for the shows a little bit in Springfield and then in 2018 as well. That's right, and when I got to DCS, you were at the table, right? Yeah. You gave me my badge. Yes, I was volunteering, uh, doing check-ins. Yeah, I'm always happy to do that. I know as well I do social media, some of that. Sure. Uh, always volunteering, trying to do whatever I can given the time that I have. So, yeah, with Springfield, that was put together pretty quickly. And I don't know if it felt that way, but I think we were, <laughs> they were pretty lucky to get the arena with the hotel and all that booked together in one package which I think worked really well. Having all the cars in that arena was great. Oh, yeah. For me, not having been to a previous DCS, I had nothing to compare it against. Sure. And I thought it was amazing. And I say it about all of the different groups and clubs that I'm involved with, DeLorean and not, that short of somebody dying, it kind of doesn't matter how, how things come together, in my opinion. I understand Konslik was a showman and he did an amazing job of things, but... I personally like having the time to visit and hang out in the hallways and not have it be over busy. I want to get to know people. I don't want to go sit in a room and listen to somebody talk for two hours necessarily. Sure. Yeah. I, I know I've made a lot of friendships through the shows and it's always the in between the sessions that yeah. really, really uh, help get to know people. Unfortunately, yeah, those times are few and far between because there's always the next session. There's always right. another speaker. Right. But after the dinner, you know, the bar is usually hopping. Right, so right. that's the place to be. <laughs> and there was some good, I know a lot of people made some good connections this time. Having Zach DeLorean there was awesome. A lot of people got to know him way better than uh, 
than others, <laughs> which can be yeah. some fun stories there. Stuff that you'll have to hear in person. <laughs> um, hands down, this past DCS 2021, which I, I, they dubbed it DCS Light, which, first of all, was... I don't think it was light. They don't need to call it. They I, don't need to call it that. It was fantastic. It was a very short show, but yeah, I mean, the highlight of the show was definitely John's son attending. Yeah. And some of the other speakers that spoke as well. Uh, and it was maybe one of the smallest and most intimate shows, but yeah, I'll, I'll say you're right. It wasn't light at all. It was very, very good. Yeah. It was active. Everybody got a chance to visit and talk. And I talked to a lot of people, unfortunately, that had no idea that it even happened. And then there were the people that were like, well, I don't know, maybe, you know, like, shouldn't have missed it. Zach said he'll come to more stuff. I suspect he will, but you never know. You know, things change. He might move to Europe and then it'll be hard to get him. Right. And he lives, you know, he, he's not too far away, but obviously he's a busy guy. He's got his own life to attend to, but yeah. introducing him into the community, that was, that went really well. And I, he saw how much that people love these cars and that really struck him. I don't, I don't want to misquote him or I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I, I know he did really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the 2021 light show. Yeah. It was thrown together rather quickly. They really want, obviously for people that don't know, 2020 show got canceled. We used to do it every two years. Right. I think we only found out about it like three months before it happened. That yeah. Barely. They we're going to do a, yeah. yeah. They were going to do a 40th anniversary show, obviously, since 40th, 40 years since the DeLorean started production. And they were going to tie it in with the DMC Midwest open house, which I thought as well was perfect. You know, right. why not? They have a great facility. Mike's amazing. Yeah. Yes. Perfect place to show off the cars. Perfect way to get tons of guests to show up, too, because you're, sometimes your car is in the shop or they can invite people that don't necessarily attend DCS which there's a lot of people in the community and there's a lot of people that just choose not to participate, which is fine. Yeah. But they still go to DMC Midwest for service or any of the other service centers. So they're able to draw some more people in with that. Yeah. Well, I had a great time. Lots of people. It was uh, never feel like there's enough time, but yeah. Yeah. And no back uh, to the future I'll jokes say... on that either. <laughs> no, not no. Yeah. No pun intended. Right. right no pun intended. So since you've bought your car, how often do you drive it? Have you put tons of miles on it or are you the kind of once a month driver? Uh, I've, I've kind of tapered off. I'll say, yeah, maybe once a month or maybe every other week now. I definitely used to drive it a lot more, but now I'm trying to keep it, I'll say, more pristine. It's definitely a pain in the butt to clean the car. <laughs> and keep it nice. I know some people just drive the heck out of them and they don't worry too much about keeping it clean. I definitely want to keep the stainless nice and shiny and all the other parts sparkling. And when I do take it to car shows, it's great to see the reactions from people. They think it looks amazing. And of course, I see all the flaws with it. I know. I'm always trying to improve <laughs> upon it. So it spends a lot of time in the garage right now. And in fact, I got to do some more repairs to it. There's still some things not quite right with it. So I might uh, start doing that again soon and probably get some more blog articles going. Good. Do you usually do the work to it yourself? Are you uh, mechanically inclined? This car has taught me so much about working on cars in general. Because when I first bought the car, I didn't know a whole lot about it. Of course, I've been reading the DML and DMC talk for years, but once you finally get the car, it's a whole different story. So I went from barely being able to do an auto, uh, an oil change to 
I helped one of my buddies do a, fr- a body off frame uh, removal. So wow. that, and he's building an electric DeLorean. So then we pulled the engine, pulled the transmission, and that was a fun day. Is that, is that somebody that came to DCS that the community would know? His name is Jeremy. Um, I'm not going to. Sure. I'm going to protect his identity, but <laughs> um, so yeah, he's still building his electric car. Uh, he lives local here in Chicago, oh, okay. and uh, he was at the day events uh, at DMC Midwest, but he did not have his car with him. Oh, okay. I've been meaning to get over to his place to try and see the car and work with him a little bit if needed. But it it was a fun project because he pulled the car out of a I don't know I think a barn in Ohio. Uh, the frame was rusted out and decided why not build an electric car so uh the frame had to be replaced of course he was able to trade the engine and transmission or no he kept the transmission but he traded some stuff and got a different frame welded it up last i saw it he's got the motor in there he's working on getting uh the brake system working and then i think he's got to get batteries and then tie it all together it would be really fun to have the I say the time and the space to do something like that. Uh, for me, I've found that my biggest uh, issue with doing anything to the car is I don't want it to be down and not available to drive when I want to drive it. So I get a little freaked out about, oh, if I'm going to go do this, I might not get it done for a day or a week or a month, and then I can't drive it during that time. Yeah, um, especially if, well, if you're going to drive it daily or it's going to be your only car, uh, I would suggest oh. <laughs> obviously getting a different daily driver. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not my daily driver. Even the times that I've had starting issues or whatever and I can't drive it, I'm like, shoot, I this last week I went to drive it to go to a picnic and I've got some ballast issues. I need to clean up the wiring on my ballast and uh, I had a problem a year ago, thought I solved it. Obviously, I didn't fully clean all the connections, so it's now time to get out there, pull the wires out, replace them, make sure all the connections are clean and sharp, and hopefully that will solve it. But it's disappointing sure. not being able to just drive it for the fun of it because of something that simple. I'm not pulling out an engine. Yeah, um, I've got other issues with my car, like it leaks transmission fluid terribly um and i spent a lot of time trying to get that fixed uh the car i didn't use it much at all during covid so i let the registration lapse um sacrilege (laughs) i know but is it that expensive uh, in illinois it's well it's illinois i know people have a lot of criticism of illinois but uh uh i don't know how much it is in california it's outrageously expensive for a 40-year-old car, you know, $200, $300 to register it. Um, Nevada is like $72, I think. I don't know what, what Illinois is like. It was 150 if you just, I'll say, use it as a daily uh, all-year driver. Okay. And um, I decided that this time around I would just go with the classic car um, oh. uh, license plate, which... It says, I think, from October to April, you can't drive it unless you're doing maintenance or you're in a parade or some kind of event special, like that. But, right, a special purpose. Yes. So that's how that um, works there. Because um, here in Nevada, if you do the classic plate, I think you're limited to 5,000 miles a year, which okay. is pretty easy. Um, in L.A., I did over 5,000 miles every year. Uh, here I certainly don't, but I also wanted a personalized plate, and you can't get that with the classic plate here. Sure. 
So maybe we should use Illinois as a segue to talk a little bit about like why DCS gets a lot of criticism now, uh, especially since the last couple DCS shows were located here in Illinois. I have, um, I've, I have not heard criticism. I don't know what the criticism are. I've seen are. it. It's alive and hmm. uh, it's out there. So I guess, you know, starting 2016, Springfield, people are already saying, oh, it's in Illinois again. Because oh. 2006. Okay, I guess I Illinois. have heard that, but, uh, you know, uh, in talking with Ken uh, on one of these episodes, even though he moved it around, it was mostly in the East anyway, because that's where the most pe number of people attended. And he right. said people complained about not having it on the West. He did it in Vegas. Most of the people that complained didn't even show up to that event. So <laughs> I get it. Yeah. It's still, it's nice having it, I'll say, in the center or somewhat the center of the United States because then people can kind of come in from all corners uh, to try to attend. If not, just fly in. Why not? Yeah, but, uh, I've never understood why so, people get all hung up about, I'm going to a DeLorean event, I have to have the DeLorean. I'm like, I I don't need to prove that I own a car. It, it's fine. I, all you need to do is spend five minutes talking to another owner and they'll know if you're faking or not. Yeah. Um, so, uh, anyway, yeah, back to uh, Springfield. So, yeah, we had the show in Springfield, and then I think they had shopped, Tony and Rich had shopped around some locations for 2018. This is where, you know, we should really have Rich tell you this, but um, it ended up getting back to Pheasant Run uh, in St. Charles, Illinois, just outside Chicago. Um, that was kind of, they had done a lot of negotiating. I think originally it was just way too expensive and then through a lot of negotiations brought the cost way down. Good. Um, but the other reason that they decided to do it uh, just outside of Chicago was that they really were trying for some VIP guests uh, at that time. Back in 2016, they had brought um, uh, Giancarlo Perini to the show who worked for Ital Design and worked for Gijaro and oh. uh, he had he was flown in from Italy, which you were there. I think you saw that. Um, I was at that Pheasant Run DCS, but I I don't think I saw that guy speak. Yeah, or I'm sorry, in Springfield. Uh, it, yeah, in Springfield, 2016. He was at the final dinner, um, and he was he has a very thick accent, so he was maybe a little hard to understand. But he was a great <laughs> guest. Nice. He brought sketches that he auctioned or raffled off, um, and just. He was just an all-around great guest. But, again, we had to bring him in from Italy, so he had to be flown to Chicago, and then I think he had to do another flight down to St. Louis and then drive into Springfield. Oh, and on the way home, he, he decided, that, I think, that he would rather just fly straight out of Chicago. He didn't want to go back to St. Louis. So, um, And maybe I don't have that part of the story right, but it just became a big logistical, yeah. I'll, I'll say, complication. Yeah. So back to 2018, they were really trying to get some VIPs, which they really, really tried hard to get Jajaro to the show. Um, and maybe some people don't know, but Jajaro had headed up Italian Design, who was responsible for the design of the car. So I know myself, there's probably only two signatures I'd want on my car. And <laughs> the first one, John DeLorean, that's yep. never going to happen now. Right. But the second one would have been Jajaro. Yeah, And to get him to the show, that was also going to bring out tons of just not DeLorean owners, but also exotic car oh, owners or yeah. just people, fans of car design in general. That was yeah. just, 
And I remember talking to Rich for a long time. When can we announce it? When is this going to happen? And they really, really, really tried because they wanted to be able to bring him in straight to O'Hare and then drive him right to the show. And it was going to be, it was going to be a huge event. Yeah. Now, Jajaro as well is in his 80s. I think right now he's 83. So he was maybe in his late 70s or maybe it turned 80 by then. So he doesn't travel much anymore, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So it was going to be a huge event. And it just, at the end, it didn't happen. But we still had a lot of great guests at the show. The other guest that they really wanted to try to get at the show, uh, which I don't think people know about, was they really wanted to get Robert Zemeckis to the show. Nice. Um, And Robert Zemeckis spends his summers in Europe. But I think Bob Gale talked to him, and there was an attempt made that he was going to possibly fly into Chicago go right to the show and then head back to Europe. <laughs> it didn't happen. Yeah. But that's one of the big reasons why DCS 2018 was right outside Chicago. They had another guest that they were trying to get in, uh, Michael Lantieri. He did yeah. special nice. effects director, yep. uh, back to the future two and three, and then he did Jurassic park. So, but yeah, it was with all the guests that they did have at 2018, it, the location to O'Hare airport worked really well. Well, people can complain all they want, but it doesn't matter to me. I still right. show up and have a great time, and I'm okay if there's no special no special guests. Just getting together um, is the key, in my opinion. So, and then, uh, let's see. Uh, did you go to the tech day that we had in 2018? No, I got I don't there that night. Yeah. Okay. Um, Wolfgang, who's a famous DeLorean mechanic oh, yeah. over in Europe, he flew in from Europe and came to the show, and I helped coordinate some of the tech day, but Wolfgang was just an amazing guy to work with everybody's cars. Um, that was a really, really great event as well. I assume you drove to that, right? Did he work on your car? Um, he didn't work on my car. Uh, I was just more or less trying to get everybody else's car um, seen and, you know, fixed if it need, or just get it inspected i figured i could still well, you know, i can handle my car you know pretty well but i just you know want to make it a good event for all of our guests right, right um and then let's see i didn't really work on the cars that much i remember at one point wolfgang looked at me and he's like well you know where are the tools and i said well <laughs> but i don't have any tools <laughs> I have, you know a tool pack in my car and he's like well we have a tech day with no tools so <laughs> um, we scrounged around and grabbed people's toolkits and we, we got it done. Um, most of the time it was mainly just inspections, but towards the end of the tech day, I worked with, uh, Terry and Oliver's car and I replaced a radiator fan, which nice. is not an easy job. No, um, pain. And I don't know if you've ever been underneath the car, or tried to look at the radiator fans, but you oh, could yeah. tell that the way the car was designed, they, you know, built out the chassis and then. The underbody goes down over it and covers everything up. <laughs> right. Yeah, There's they don't, not you don't... much access. <laughs> yeah. They put the fans so, in the radiator in first, and then the body goes on top, and not the other way around. Right. Um, so getting those screws and those bolts out, I've done it before, but it's not an easy job. I think there's some pictures of me uh, at that DCS, like, covered in dirt and grime <laughs> and grease. And, we're, you know, there's two or three of us trying to replace these fans before the shop closes, and we have yeah. to get out of there. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, but we got it done, and uh, it was a good event. I'm assuming you've replaced the fans on your car by now? 
Yeah, I use the lower amperage fans myself, yeah. and I replace the, uh, I'll say, the radiator that has the plastic tanks. Yeah, that's, yep. I took plastic that out. Ends. Good. Um, yeah, it's all aluminum radiator. I, I know two different radiators. I use the one that had the drain petcock in it. Works yeah. works really well. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, have you gone through your whole car now and done all the major updates? I'd say a lot of them. Um, let's see. I did the fuel hoses not too long ago. I still have to, a couple more fuel hoses to do. Yeah, the ones uh, in the I back did, are hard to get to, and yes, definitely need a hand um, doing those. Uh, I definitely did the fuel accumulator, which is a pain in the butt to get to. Um, I did it, and I don't have a lift in my garage, but I did it, you know, on my back, and I had to buy some short wrenches and did it. And then sure enough, I talked about it with my club and another guy in the club said, oh, do you think you could do it with me? And I said, <laughs> well, if we get a lift, we could probably do it. So he found one of his buddies had a lift. We booked some time at a garage. We show up and I said, you know, this would be great. You know, if, if everything goes well, we could be out of here in an hour. Well, like three hours later, <laughs> I still can't get the connections apart. And I'm like, I did this in my garage. It's. You know, I can't, you know, we're starting to like round off ends on the yeah. uh, connections and it was just so frustrating and his other mechanic buddy was there and we're trying to get it apart and finally we just gave up and of course I, uh, I, I it was uh, depressing admitting defeat on that, but uh, yeah, you want to help other owners and you think you're doing good, but then unforeseen things come up and you feel like you're like a failure. I mean, I have when it's like, no, I've done this. It's not that hard. It just, that car has been frozen for 40 years and it's a lot harder than you're hoping. Right. Um, yeah, I was definitely defeated that day, but, um, you know, you learn and I say, you know what, if you need your, uh, accumulator replaced, maybe you should just take it to go to Mike. Cause I almost damaged yeah, you know, yeah. I, I don't want to damage those hard lines under the car because that really caused some problems. Oh, it's a lot harder to replace or crimp together uh, something else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have you done any other upgrades to your car? Yeah. Um, so let me find my list here. You know, they, I, I've actually like made some, I'll say, some custom things which we could talk about. Um, so. Let's see, I replaced the dashboard several years ago. Um, and before that, I had always used a dash mat on the car, which there's no easy way to get the dash mat secured. I don't know if you use one yeah. at all. No, but no, I just keep I was, the car in the garage. Um, okay. But uh, so the new dashboard is kind of hollow. So I came up with the idea of putting some magnets underneath the dash and then with my dash pad or my dash cover, I sewed, oh. or I got my mom to do this. Uh, you know, thanks, mom. Uh, <laughs> Put she some sewed metal tabs some in there. Interesting. Yeah, and now the dash pad stays in place, but then you remove it, and there's no trace of any uh, adhesive or any Velcro or anything like that. It works really well. Ed, that uh, is a waiting. great tip because I, I know there's plenty yeah. of people that do use those dash mats and yeah, you don't want to put sticky Velcro crap on the dash itself, right. um, but boy, magnets. Yeah, huh. it works really, really well. That's awesome. Um, so there's that. Um, I made a video that showcased my clear evaporator drain. Um, so there's a drain tube 
uh, underneath the air conditioning, air conditioning system or the the, uh, the the I'll say the AC box mm-hmm. or the air box. Yep, the air box. And uh, it can get clogged up with leaves and acorns and other debris, and um, it's this crummy little drain that I'll say just doesn't drain well. You have to really see the video. So I came up with the idea of, and it it's it's a very poor design. I'll say. I don't want to take up too your much design time, or but, the original uh, design, the original design. So I made a more uh, e- like better flowing drain. And uh, some people said, wow, that was a really great huh. piece of engineering. So sure enough, I made a video and people were impressed with it. I made some drains for some people in the club and made an installation video that went over really well. Um, so I, I've never marketed it really, other than I said, "Well, I can make you one for a price." But uh, even then, I had to stop. It's hard to manufacture things in low numbers. Yeah, yeah. Um, the map light in the car—I was never very happy with my map light, and I came up. I found a different light from a VW Jetta, which fits the hole perfectly and looks a little more modern. Um, that, and hmm. I put LEDs in it; looks really sharp. I put LEDs in my original map lights. Uh, are yours still toggle? Do they, is still toggle on, yeah. off, and door? I'll say they, they toggle left to right instead of, I'll say, front to back. Interesting. Um, I don't think I've heard of that as a replacement, a Jetta, um, Jetta lights. I might be the only person that's done it, but I thought it looked <laughs> really good. Awesome. So, um, I put underglow in my car, uh, which I like to brag that I think I probably – First of all, if you've seen the pictures from the last DCS at the um, ice cream shop, uh, the the ice cream shop, yeah, I'm the one that has maybe the bluish whitish <laughs> underglow. Um, I get lots of great compliments on it, um, and I probably spent about fifteen dollars on that project total. Really? Um, uh, yes. Holy cow! Because it looks like you got a lot more lights than that under there. And I wouldn't even say it's perfect, but uh, yeah, I bought the lights on eBay. They're just plain old, um, uh, they're not rope lights, but uh, I forget strip the type lights. of lights that they yeah, are. Just strip lights, strip yeah. lights, yeah. Um, you know, soldered and cut and, you know, crimped wire and uh, wired it up to one switch and you turn it on and it looks great. Yeah, it, it looks great. So that's crazy. Did you There's do a write up on your blog about that as well? Uh, yes, I did. Okay. I have to check so that out too. There's that. I did the footwell lights. Uh, so when each, each and they're door dependent. So yeah. if the passenger door opens, then the footwell lights and the passenger side light up, which works really well. I really want to do that. I love when I see cars that have done that. It looks fantastic, and I just have not gotten around to it. Yeah. Um, did custom door lights. So all my door lights are have the whitish bluish kind of match the underglow. I didn't really care for the red and white ones or red and yellow ones that much. It's funny. I noticed that on your car that night. I didn't like that, but to each his own. People do whatever they want with their sure, cars. Sure, sure. I'm maybe too much of a purist on. I like the original colors, design, and everything. But again, it's. I didn't think it looked stupid. It just wasn't. No. It stood out to me because it was different. So that's one thing. I think the the main reason I did it initially was because all my lenses were cracked, and I said, "Well, I'm just going to create my own for a pretty cheap price." Yeah. And I wanted to use LEDs as well, as well. So. Yeah. Um, and ever since then, I've just liked the way it looks, and I kept it. So, Did you use the original rubber sockets that go in the door? Yes, yes. Got it. 
I didn't look closely but, at them, so I didn't even notice that they were that different. I thought it was just different colored LEDs and different colored lenses. And I've got that on my blog as well, which uh, I showed awesome. the, the lights I got off of eBay. Of course, now it's been like six, seven years, so I don't know if you could get those same lights anymore, sure. but it looks sure. good. Nice. Um, I've done you know a different ground cable because the original ground cable in the car uh, or negative battery cable is is trash. Yeah. Um, so that helps. I've you know built the I built my own seat backs for the car. I've reupholstered one of the seats. Uh, I did a third brake light. Um, I'm actually st I started refinishing the binnacle several years ago and never quite finished that project. Um, I should post that project someday, but uh, um, that's still kind of a work in progress. Um, I've re-dyed a lot of the upholstery, uh, redid my fiberglass, or no, not the fiberglass, but just regular headliners. I wish somebody would make um, replacement boards that I could use. DeLorean Go has fiberglass uh, headliners. They sell the boards? Okay. Well, I no, know no, the, that... the fiberglass, uh, you know, they've, they've remolded. They have the whole kit. So they yeah. have the kit. Uh, you're saying they're already covered. No, no. You can so, buy you can buy just the fiberglass, or you can buy them covered okay. already. And they also sell the material. So yeah, DeLoreanGo.com headliner search, and it should pop up. Because I saw a great idea for a project. I know a guy named Bill did this. I don't want to say his name again, but uh, he came up with the one-piece fiberglass. Uh, or not a fiberglass, but just a regular headliner instead of that two-piece overlapping headliner in the car, which looks really sloppy. <laughs> um, but, you know, the car was rushed into production, and they probably said, you know what, just put a two-piece headliner in there. But anyway, it's been done. Somebody has a one-piece headliner, which I'd love it if oh. somebody would make a fiberglass version of You that. mean front and back? The yeah. two okay, got it, got it. That's funny, Ed. Now that you mentioned that, I don't think I've ever even noticed that the fiberglass headliner kit that DeLorean Go sells is four pieces. So right, because oh, you got funny. the two door pieces, and then you've got I'll say the front and back. Yeah, which huh. um, I yeah, I wish somebody would make. And I don't think I really noticed it that much either until somebody pointed out and said, "Why is there a two piece headliner? Wouldn't it be great if there was a one piece headliner?" Well, I imagine so, if you buy that kit, you could bond the two, the front and back together, and make it a one piece. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so it would, you know, obviously involve some custom fiberglass work, which I don't know might be a little intimidating at this point, but uh, it would look really good. I would think that you could probably, you know, use some of the epoxies that, that are out there now to just combine the, the front and back pieces, and then just a matter of getting one piece of material to cover the whole thing. Maybe once I get some of the more mechanical stuff in my car worked <laughs> out. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I did the carpet in my car, uh, a lot of LEDs everywhere, a lot of new relays. I installed the door launchers, um, replaced some interior pieces. I told you the new radiator, new condenser, radiator fans, uh, repainted a lot of trim, cold air intake, painted the trunk, a lot of upgrades in the brake system, uh, still trying to fix transmission leaks. But uh, then I did fuel hoses, speaker, new head unit, uh, modified the locks or the latches so that they work a little bit better, um, steering column bushing, CV boots, trailing arm bolts, uh, lower control links, you know, the adjustable ones, got those installed. Um, let's see what else. Battery cutoff switch, 
Can you tell I'm reading from a list? Well, I would hope so. <laughs> you did say you had a list. Uh, 14 years yeah. of time, you've had a chance to do a bunch of stuff, and clearly you're yeah. not afraid to do some of the stuff. That's good. So, And, yeah, some of the future projects I plan to work on, hopefully in the next year or so, uh, new fuel pump, uh, which I know uh, Chris Miles, I know you've had them on the show a couple times. He's got some parts for that. Um, new alternator. I definitely want to put a subwoofer in at some point. Um <laughs> The other thing I have in the garage, and I haven't made too much light of this, is I bought a 3.0 liter PRV. Um, I bought it from a junkyard, hmm. and I bought it nine years ago, started taking it apart, and then never got back to it. But I'd love to put that in someday if I don't maybe decide to go electric instead. But uh, the 3.0 V6 with more horsepower and the serpentine belt system. Wow. It, and the different intake, uh, if you've ever seen the 3.0 in the DeLorean, it looks so much better. Uh, it's so much more cleaner, and uh, the intake is friendlier. You can actually reach the water pump. <laughs> um, it's And, of course, you can get EFI you know, easily with that, too, because uh, it was already set up for it. Have many people put the 3.0 in there? I've, I've not heard of anybody. Not a whole lot. Um, but, you know, several years ago, you could go pick up one of those uh, Eagle Premier or Dodge Monaco cars for dirt cheap, huh. um, rip the V6 out, send the car to the junkyard, and then put a higher-powered V6 in the DeLorean that bolts right up to the transmission. Wow. you got to swap out the lower crankcase, but um, sure. you know, through a lot of engineering, you can get uh, pretty much the exact same engine with a little bit more uh, modern upgrades to it. Interesting. Huh, I um so yeah I've definitely that got like that fun. engine uh maybe someday I'll get back to that project but uh right now it's just in the corner of my garage uh <laughs> taking up space well don't put it off too long it's, there's never enough time and the next thing you know 20 more years will go by and it'll still be sitting there so yeah um and you know a lot of the reason why I had to do a lot of this work is because the story of my car was that uh, you know, I bought it from Ken, but before that, it was spent about 10 years in Georgia, um, out in a field, I was told, just baking in the sun. Aww. And the, the interior got trashed, windows got broken, and it was more of, of a parts car, I guess. Uh, but it, then it did get refurbished, but there's still a lot of things about the car that, I'll say, just don't look good. Like the fascias are shrunken, uh, a lot of the weather stripping like around the windows is not good. Of course, yeah. the um, windshield's been replaced, but um, it's just, it was a little bit of a basket case. Um, that's great that yeah, you have that's... even that history to know that it was a field car. Because that's always sad to see right. those when they're just sitting out in the in the open, weeds growing through them or in them. You know, the animals have gotten in there. That's awesome that you were able to get a car that was saved from total destruction and uh and i think it does make it easier when a car comes from that background you're not as concerned about making changes or tweaks or doing work where if you've got a fairly pristine car you might not want some people might not want to make drastic changes or do too much because it's already in decent shape i i always like to say that you know pretty much anything you do to the car is reversible i know even the time machines that people build you know, people talk about drilling into the stainless and you're ruining the car. But I think 
any time machine could easily still be reversed back into yeah. a regular stock-ish DeLorean. Yeah, with enough um, with enough time and money, any yeah, it could be restored back. It takes the most time and money to build up a time machine, but I get <laughs> right. I'm guessing probably within a weekend you could probably rip all that stuff back out. Oh, I'm um, thinking about filling filling all the the holes in the stainless and grinding them back. Would take a bit of time That's and money. That's probably the hardest part. Yeah, yeah. That's probably the hardest part. Exactly. Yeah. But I even then I uh, say I'm a, you know, I'm a back to the future nerd and if I always say if I found a giant bag of money, I'd buy another DeLorean and make a time machine. So I don't sure. have a problem with people. It's their car. They can do whatever they want. They want to yeah. cut the roof off or build it, you know, make it a carbureted engine. Fine. Do whatever you want as long as you enjoy it. Um, yeah. So, and I was thinking about how, well, we talked a little bit about the raffle cars. Um, I had the chance to work on one of the raffle cars several years ago for the 2016 DCS. Um, I don't know if you remember, we had two raffle I didn't go know ahead. that. I think, I thought there was only one, but didn't it go overseas? It did. Yeah. So, um, and this just speaks to how busy Tony and Rich are. They, I think somehow they said that the car needed a stereo unit. I said, well, I had a spare one. So one day, very quickly, the car showed up at my doorstep and they said, <laughs> can you put the stereo in? said sure you know and it looks like it needs a touch-ups here and there i can definitely do all this for you how long do i have and they said uh, about 90 minutes <laughs> so i had to quickly throw a stereo in i you know and then it wasn't wired up correctly and i had to trace wires and it was a big mess but i got it done and then yeah that car did end up getting shipped to denmark but denmark. then there was a problem during shipping it got damaged oh and i didn't hear that had to be I know. See, a lot of things people don't hear, uh, and then I don't know if this maybe this raffle car ended up being profitable or not, but it had to come back to uh, Grady's shop for some repairs before it could get shipped again. Did the shipper damage it? How did what was the what da got damaged? Yeah, I don't know. That's a question oh, okay. for Rich and Tony. Got but uh, but yeah, we auctioned off or raffled off two cars for that 2016 show. Now, with the price of DeLoreans, I don't know if we could even do a raffle car anymore. Um, yeah, it's crazy, the price right? Of parts cars. Prices keep going up. Yeah, they keep going up. I bought my car for in 2007. I bought it for, I think, just under $18,000. Wow. Which I'm not. And I mean, the car now, cars now like that are doubled or tripled in value. Good um, for all of us. Uh, somebody yeah. recently, I was talking to somebody recently and they said DeLorean, something like DeLorean owners are the only ones who, who don't want the price of our cars to go up <laughs> something like that. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I go, I don't know. I mean, it, I don't have any intention of ever selling my car. So I don't really, I really don't care what the value is of it. And, and I don't think most DeLorean owners want to sell theirs. So I don't, it's interesting discussion. Everybody's unique. Um, I think some people have fun with them for a while and then they do sell them. I think a lot of the people that we meet in the community really love their cars. They go to all the shows and they possibly don't want to ever sell them or they couldn't see getting rid of them. But I think yeah. cars do change hands a lot more than we really realize. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. I looked for about five years and when I was looking to buy and they were mostly junk and there were not a lot of them, but man, now it seems like every week there's another one being listed. They're getting listed, and now they're also a lot of them are getting shipped to Europe. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So they're really popular over there, and a lot of them uh, are not going to be back coming back to the United States anytime soon. So. No, no. I'm thankful that I got mine when I did, and you beat me by 10 years. You've owned your car 14 years now. Do you have any favorite stories in 14 years of driving the car, sharing the car? Um, Let's see. I mean, definitely driving around the Indianapolis 500 with the car. That was a lot oh, of fun with about, I don't know, it was probably 20 or 30 more DeLoreans that day, I want to say. That's awesome. Um, I'll have to post a link to those to that event. Yes. Um, I'll say going to every car show and seeing kids and adults just like go absolutely bonkers that they're looking at a DeLorean. <laughs> um, that's always amazing to see. And uh, you get to be a little bit of a rock star when that happens. Yeah, Say, yeah, yeah, this is my car. Uh, <laughs> so there's that. Uh, other stories, let's see. Uh, I'd say that's it. So... Um, and just getting to meet all the people through the clubs too. That's been a really great experience. The clubs and the shows, uh, everybody I've met at the shows is really nice. Um, I have a little bit more of an introverted personality sometimes, but once you get me talking about DeLoreans, I can talk, you know, for a couple hours. I did not get that from you in meeting you in person that you're introverted. I, I thought you were very friendly and outgoing and approachable and you know we chit chat a little here and there yeah uh and i think going to those uh lunches and dinners uh and especially talking with john's son um he, how he opened up about his life and oh, uh how about we all asked him questions you know about his life and about cars and his dad um because let's see it was i think it was the friday that they watched Tamir's movie and then he did a Q&A afterwards, uh, which was supposed to go just an hour. Two or two and a half hours? It went two and a half hours. Yeah. Um, and that was hands down the best event of that DCS. Yeah. Yep. Um, and for people that didn't attend, they missed out. Uh, yes. Uh, Having him on the show was awesome, but... There was stream of consciousness that he just shared and you got to know him so personally. I was amazed that he was willing. He's, he's different than us, right? He's, he's not us. He has had a whole different life, but he was so open. And I thought that was very amazing. open and very honest about everything. And yeah. that's what made it so unique because uh, obviously he never attended a show. He'd never been to one of our events, but um it was just, it was just really, really great to talk to, um, and I, I hope he does continue to be part of the community. I think he will be. Luckily, he, it doesn't seem like he's a guy you can offend at all. So, hopefully, you guys in that area, yeah, hopefully you guys in that area will keep inviting him and just keep him in the loop on stuff. I doubt he's going to come to everything, but as long as people keep inviting him, he'll come to something. Sure, sure. Are there a lot of owners nearby you? I mean, is it an hour and a half to get to the next owner or is it 20 minutes? No, I would say, yeah, probably about 15 minutes. Um, I've got a, several around me right here and then definitely about 10 more within an hour here of here. Nice. I don't have a good, well, we don't have regular club events too much, unfortunately, but, um, and especially with the current climate, it's just not been very feasible, sure. but, um, we used to have 
I'll say events with 20 or 30 cars sometimes. Um, and that was because there used to be no place to get service with your cars. The only place to get service was at the tech day with the club events. Right. Ever since Midwest opened up, that's really, you know, people now choose to get a lot of their work done there, which is understandable. Sure. Sure. Um, so yeah, the car kind of transitioned from being more of a hobbyist, uh, car to now, you know, anybody can own one and just go get it serviced. Yeah. Well, at least you're still turning wrenches and working on yours. It's still fun. Um, and it's, it's quite an experience to still just bring it to car shows and have, uh, people in awe of the car. Going back to the club, not having many events normally, do you feel like people have aged out or is that cars have been sold? Um, Let's see. Yeah, some people aged out. Car, some did, cars did sell, um, and uh, you know, some people just choose not to be involved. That's fine too. Um, I'll say now also, it's not cheap to own a DeLorean. You used to be able to get a DeLorean for under twenty thousand dollars, and then maybe put a couple more thousand into it. For a long time, it was called the rule of twenty-five. It's like the closer you were to twenty-five thousand dollar DeLorean, the better it was. But <laughs> Now that's almost doubled. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, you used to be able to pick them up pretty cheap and then tinker around with it. Now, yeah, it's, uh, you know, there are, some people are finding that they're just on their their bucket list and they're going to spend the right amount of money to get the perfect car. And now with cars going to Europe, there's less and less cars maybe available. So, yeah, the yeah. prices have skyrocketed. Yeah. I'm just always curious about the clubs because – Pacific Northwest DeLorean Club, the first DeLorean club in the country, super active. I lived up there in the 90s. They would mm-hmm. There would be 20 cars at a tech day, and they did multi-day events where they would drive places as a group, and everybody was close and friendly. They generally have aged out. A lot of those guys kept their cars forever, but they just got to the age that they, it wasn't as easy to get in and out, and they didn't want to go do multi-day events and some of them sold the cars some of them have passed away so the club is reduced a bit but i you said you guys used to have 20 cars at a tech day and um i i can't i don't know if it's because people are not as interested or people can't afford to buy the cars when the other cars leave the area um or or maybe it's just people aren't you guys whoever you guys is aren't organizing enough stuff well, uh, and I'll say things have been kind of loosely organized over the past two years uh, with COVID, but um, I think just with the availability of shops now, um, obviously people can uh, get the service that they want. Without and, having to associate uh, with the other owners to get the tips and tricks right. and help. Yeah. Some, some people don't want to swing wrenches. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, And some people mm-hmm. don't want to participate in car clubs. I had owned a Corvette for a little while and... I decided, no, I wasn't going to get involved with Corvette clubs or anything like that. I just didn't want to. So uh, to each his own. Right, right. Well, awesome experiences, 14 years of ownership so far. Presumably, you don't have any intention of selling your car anytime soon. No, I (laughs) I plan to keep it uh, for a long, long time. Every once in a while, it makes me want to sell it when I can't get (laughs) something fixed or the transmission's leaking more fluid onto my garage floor (laughs) or Uh, but 
I think uh, I saw this quote one time a long time ago, which was, this car will really, you have to really love it because it's going to really, really try to make you hate it. <laughs> That's a good quote. So last two questions. What's your other dream car? Um, let's see. I would definitely go with uh, the first generation Dodge Viper with oh. the side pipe exhaust. Yep. Yeah. Very cool looking. Which I've, and those are a car right now you could probably pick up for a decent price. And I think over the next decade or so, they're going to skyrocket in value as well. Okay. And uh, as uh, some people tease me, I ask, right now, what's in the trunk of your, of your DeLorean? <laughs> uh, let's see. I've got um, uh, replacement trim pieces that go on the A-pillar. I just bought those new from Midwest. I've got my tool kit. Um I say I used to have the alternator, the replacement alternator in there, but I took it out. It's on the garage floor right now. Um, I've got cleaning products, uh, a, a bottle of transmission fluid, which the car just loves to leak transmission fluid. That's a good thing to have um, in there. <laughs> yeah. With a leak. Um, let's see. Um, usually I keep a fold-up chair because when you go to car shows, you need that. Yep. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, that's probably about it. All right. Always curious. I, I have way too much junk in mine, and the chair is one of those. It took me way too many car shows to figure out that I needed to have a chair in there all the time. Otherwise, I end up forgetting it. And uh, the cleaning supplies, but yeah, the transmission fluid is a must if you've got a leak. I'm surprised you're carrying around your alternator. But <laughs> Yeah, that's, uh, in fact, maybe I should work on that over the weekend or something. Uh, I want to replace the starter, too. And I've got some kind of electrical gremlin with the car, so it's high time. <laughs> i got to get back to working on it. I understand that, uh, I can't remember which model is. It's DeLoreanDirectory.com slash parts. has a, a good crossover parts list, but there's the starter at, uh, oh, shucks. Now I forget the name of the store, but... They do lifetime warranties on a lot of their parts, so AutoZone and there I, you go. I think O'Reilly's does that too. Yes, yeah, um, I think O'Reilly. I know it's recommended you don't get a remanufactured one, but you know, with lifetime warranty, that's kind of hard to beat. And with the fact that I don't drive the car that much, I might right. just still get the yeah. one that's available. It's just so nice. I mean, the lifetime warranty. Yeah, it's not like it's very. It's super easy to replace, but yeah, most people are not driving it as a daily driver. Right. And for those people that drive it daily, you know, good for you. Um, these cars are meant to be driven. Uh, and when you get them out in public, people go nuts over them. Yeah. That's that's part of the fun. And I have talked to people that have said, by mentioning the DeLorean, they've gotten jobs just because they own one. People remember who you are. Might be worth yeah, yeah. dropping that into the conversation during a job interview. Yeah. <laughs> um. But I think you should definitely try to have Rich or Tony on the show at some point, too. Just like Ken. I mean, talking to Ken about his quote-unquote car, nowhere near as interesting as hearing him talk about 20 years of DCSs and all the things he's done. And Rich will be the same way. Just even though it's only been a few years, he's got a lot of experience with his custom cars and with the DCSs. So. DCS is always a fun event. I will not miss one. Any of these big, big DeLorean events, I will not miss them if I can absolutely avoid it. Well, Ed, it was great to meet you. Uh, literally the first person I saw at DCS 2021 got, went up, yeah. saw you to get my badge, and it was great visiting and chatting in, in the parking lot and throughout the events. At some point, we will meet up again uh, when I'm in the Midwest or up in that area. And 
definitely got to keep in touch. So thank you as always for joining. Thanks for listening and being willing and committing to the time to talk. Yes. Thanks for having me on the show. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Ed. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in again. Submit your DeLorean census record, spread the word, share it. And if you have comments, ideas, feel free to email comments at DeLoreanTalk.com. Always look forward to hearing from you and I'll see you on the road.